Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Saving Lives in Slow Motion. Today, I'd like to talk about prejudice and inclusion. That's a really hot topic, this, and some of you might be thinking, why is he covering this? What's it got to do with health and well-being and medicine? Actually, quite a lot because all of us have what is known as unconscious bias. And beyond that, some of us have fairly open prejudices that can affect how we interact with others and, in my experience, not only affect the relationship that clinicians have with patients, um, but also uh, how people report symptoms and in medicine and nursing and healthcare professions can actually affect your professional progress. So it's quite a trenchant, sensitive topic this. And for those of you um, that can be triggered by this, I would um, think twice about continuing to listen because um, there'll be some uncomfortable stories that I'll be sharing with you. The first thing I'd say is that I am so thankful that protected characteristics exist these days because whatever prejudice people have, it is now illegal to discriminate on grounds of age, gender, um, civil partnership status, um, pregnancy, disability, race, sex, sexual orientation and religious belief. And... It's interesting because the world was moving in the right direction um, for me, from my lens anyway. You know, I'm a 49-year-old man who has grown up, was born in the UK and has grown up here, lived all my life here. But of course, my parents are from an ethnic minority background who were immigrants from India. And so I've grown up with a lot of stories about discrimination, about the struggles that my parents had or names that they were called in public. And I've, I've been there, you know, I've experienced it myself, um, more so when I was younger. So where did it all go wrong? When I say I thought things were moving in the right direction, what did I mean and what am I basing that on? Well, I think... Um, two things really you can't you can't change someone's attitude very easily so if someone 
is racist or sexist or perhaps their own beliefs mean that they are just not willing to even relate or try to relate to a different community to their own in the broadest sense. And this really fascinates me because people are very split on this. How do you retain some form of your own identity and culture, whatever that might be? It doesn't have to be religious. It doesn't have to be based on sexual orientation. It doesn't have to be based on anything. But A, what creates culture and what creates identity? And B, whatever your tribe is, how can that stop being an entity where everyone gets on and respects each other. The reality is it's not always possible. So I know people who absolutely 100% think that heterosexuality is the only sexual orientation that should be allowed in inverted commas. And that means they have a real problem with the LGBTQ community. I also know people who believe that their religion is the only true religion and that everyone else is, well, going to hell, I guess. And on top of that, people also have unconscious bias. So the ones I've just explained are pretty explicit. You know, they're out there and these people are not embarrassed about their belief um, and in, in some cases their prejudice, I guess. But the harder one is where people don't voice anything and they have a hidden agenda or a hidden prejudice or one that they're not even aware of, which is this unconscious bias. And and that's a tricky one because that's where you've got someone who says, hey, you know what, I'm not prejudiced at all. I've, you know, I'm pretty open-minded. I've never, ever said or felt that I have any negative feelings towards any type of community. But actually in the way that you do things and the way that you work and your attitudes, you display something called unconscious bias. I'm going to come on to that a little bit later and there's a great link in the show notes about that. I guess the other really difficult issue is how prejudice is received and dealt with. And I'm, I'm going to sort of use a, a simple example of this. I remember um, being called, um, I'll, I'll just call it the P word. It's a, a racial slur that's used against Asians. And, you know, I had it countless times throughout my life. And um, I was recounting this to a friend many years ago. And her riposte was, well, yeah, it's just the same as me being called blonde. I'd be really interested to hear people's views on that because I don't think it is the same. There's something very incisive and hate-fueled about racist slurs that isn't about, you know, although they are maligning and I, you know, I, I disagree with them, the, the sort of the, the jokes, the historic jokes about people being blonde. Um, and of course, the connotations there being generally negative. I think this is a really difficult area because once you start comparing wounds, that in itself can cause division. It's, you know, my kind of philosophy is to be aware that everyone has these and they all cut to slightly different depths depending on who you are. What I'm most impressed about is the horror stories that I hear from the generation above. And 
you know, stories of people trying to rent properties in, in London and they would have a sign up saying, you know, no dogs, no blacks, no Irish. I mean, absolutely unthinkable and beyond hurtful. I mean, I just can't imagine walking past something like that and accepting it. So one way around this, bearing in mind, look, you know, we are where we are at the moment in 2022. Um looking at what's happening in the world i mean prejudice is is still rife i mean the way that for example um the way that you're dealt with as a patient or a member of the public by certain authorities really varies depending on your background whether that's your ethnicity or sexuality you know it, it it's not equal so this may be a bit contentious but it's never going to be absolutely equal that is the reality. And, you know, I have friends, colleagues, people I know who are white and male who are afraid that they're not going to get that promotion because they feel that the, the focus on equality and diversity has moved so far that there is now discrimination almost against them. That's another thing to think about. But we've also lost a lot of nuance. I remember years ago... Um, a guy I used to work with who was from Nigeria, he made a joke. He said, oh, I bet all your brothers work in IT because I'm Asian. You know, he was giggling as he said it. He was stereotyping in a jokey way. And I said to him, actually, no, I've got one brother and he doesn't work in IT. I kind of answered it straight. And, you know, then there are, there are other people who think they're being culturally aware Um like someone came to my house once and asked me how, how I get turmeric stains off my kitchen worktop because it's white, like we eat curry every night. Because I know this person, um, I know she didn't mean it in a derogatory way. And again, I answered it straight. I said, do you know what? We got samples of four different types and tried turmeric, soy sauce and ketchup and mustard on all of them. And this one came out best. And it's very hard to know these days what to take offence around and what is deemed offensive. One of my worries is no one's going to be able to sort of speak or say anything to anyone because a lot of this is about how the person receiving what they're receiving perceives it. One that I found um, interesting recently was, um, this is from a friend of a friend at work, um, a male colleague said to a female colleague that she looked nice when she turned up to an office party and she took offense to this because she felt he was treating her like a piece of meat so that's a, that's a good example of something where a comment that that may be innocent and you know is just something people say isn't it oh you look nice can actually be offensive now, I don't know the ins and outs of what happened, you know, um, and, and the context of it, obviously, but still, it's something to be aware of. So what's the, the solution to all this? I, I don't really know. But I mean, there are some basic things, aren't there? Firstly, never using someone's condition or identity in, an, in a derogatory way. Sadly, I still hear that. People often use the word schizo or schizophrenic you know, totally inappropriately. And another one really is is, is not to be patronising, you know, so it's really easy to try to compliment someone um, and it just 
comes across all wrong. For example, telling someone, you know, a person of colour that they speak very good English. I would hope I do because I was born here. I mean, I don't know why um, why I wouldn't. Or, or a funny one that happened to me the other day is um, an elderly gentleman. It was very, It was a very hot week and he said to me, oh, I bet you like all this hot weather. It must remind you of home. To which I said, well, you know, Brighton's not always sunny because that's where I grew up. Anyway, he didn't, I don't think he meant it in a bad way, but, you know, what he was seeing was someone with dark skin and that reminded him of tropical climates and the fact that it was hot. And so, so it's really complicated. Coming full circle, just in terms of how this affects how we access health and the assumptions that people make, a, a lot of it is to do with unconscious bias. And it's interesting, this isn't from a healthcare background, but I remember I was at a fast food place many years ago and I noticed that the the, the chap serving um, was calling everyone sir. But then when I stepped up, he didn't call me sir. And I thought, maybe that's because I'm young. No, actually, no, not really, because the guy in front of me definitely looks younger. And it was like an unconscious bias, I think, where he just sort of, I don't know, couldn't call me sir for whatever reason but if you extrapolate that and look at healthcare you know in in healthcare we treat everyone the same that's one of the tenets of good quality medicine but actually if you drill down what what happens is you you the practitioner often makes assumptions about someone's educational level what kind of information they can impart and what what you're really meant to do is is check that person's understanding um at every level but you know not just assume that because someone used to do business and fly on concord to the states every week for face-to-face meetings that he's going to understand more about a condition um than someone who is out of work and and lives locally in your community or vice versa and and one of the things i did several years ago was I I looked at presentations of um, conditions you know say someone came in with back pain for you know and, and they needed analgesia quite a sort of common thing that happens in primary care um, what I found was actually the language I used depending on the patient's age was different uh, when I sort of actually watched myself if you like and, and looked back on my own consultations so in my head, I'm, I'm tailoring the language to the patient, I think. But actually, is there an unconscious bias there? Possibly. So apart from the links that I'm going to post down below, which I really hope you look at. My sort of strategy for this is, number one, never assume. Number two, constantly check where you're at with the other person. Number three, as a healthcare practitioner, is just do your best and pretend that, you know, you are treating a relative. You know, treat the person as you would want to be treated yourself or a relative of yours to be treated. And finally, I think if you notice anything that needs calling out, call it out. Um, If you're not sure, ask a friend, take advice. The reality is we're all the same. We are all members of the human race. We've got to get along. We've got to treat each other with kindness and dignity. 
And in such austere times, it's difficult to remember that. Everyone thinks of their own needs, and suddenly these divisions, um, particularly in terms of what um, the political powers that be are doing, these divisions can become much more obvious, and it's easy to focus on them. But we really mustn't. I sometimes um, look around town um, and when I see young children and how they have way less in terms of filters um, than adults, it's wonderful. And I do wish in a way that we were all a bit more like that, where everyone just talks to everyone and no one no one cares really um, about all of the things that are at the back of our minds because we now worry so much that we're going to offend people. And I think um, a good in to, to avoid you know, worrying about these things is is talking about something else. So if you notice people going to, I don't know, a street party together or to watch their, you know, children play netball or cricket or, or football or whatever, there's something in common there that you can talk about. And it's a real gently, gently approach. It's something I've seen works so well, actually, at um, my daughter's school. They have events where parents make food like an international food day type of thing I don't think that was what it was actually called but it's wonderful you know there's a lot of sharing and a lot of learning and I think that's the way we need to move forward to progress I guess my final thought is about similarities and differences it's always better to focus on similarities rather than differences and years ago there was um, a lady I knew who managed to in her words, find a suitable groom for her daughter. And she was so excited because, you know, the family that he'd come from was exactly the same as theirs, you know, in terms of religion, social status, and whatever you want to call it. And um, what was interesting is after about a year, the, the uh, after the wedding, it, things didn't work out. And... When I saw her again, she said, oh, you know, we didn't like the way that they cooked their food in their house and we didn't like this and that. And and it just goes to show that actually, you know, in in these tribes, if you want to call them that, um, they're, you know, what, what might appear to be, you know, a kind of perfect match actually isn't. You can find differences um, amongst the most similar people and... You know, rather than make an issue of them, it's better to celebrate them, learn from them, um, and focus on similarities. Okay, so a bit of a, a long-winded and slightly circuitous episode there, but I, I wanted to just throw that out there because I think it is something that is difficult to deal with, and it's not going away, you know. Um, it would be amazing if everything was always equal for everyone, but unfortunately, it's a continuous work in progress and we can only do our very best. I normally end with the quote and I think it would just be trite ending on a quote with, well, for this particular episode. But I was trying to think of something that I could sum this up with. Well, for, the first thing I would say is do look at the links. Um, and the second, just to wrap this up, is judgment. I think comes from fear 
and a lot of people also fear being judged. And if you can remember that every time you feel one of those emotions beginning to surface, then I think you're doing pretty well because you will respond in the right way. Very last thing, in classic me style, I never got to the point about why I thought things were getting better. And that was some years ago when suddenly racism became illegal. Same-sex marriage was legalised and suddenly it felt as though there was some solidarity in the world. And very much popular culture seemed to back that up in terms of the movies we watch, the kind of um, chat shows that we watch. You know, the world is definitely more diverse. What's going against that so much are events in recent modern history. Wars, 9-11, the death of George Floyd. There are, there are many, many more. And the point is that these events and the political landscape that we've lived through um, create a huge amount of trauma and can stir up hate. And given the fact that nowadays we all look at our own feeds on social media, it's very possible that you're walking down the road opposite someone who has entirely different views to you because of these events. And I think, you know, to sum things up, that is part of the problem. You've got to stay true to yourself. And as I say, we're all a work in progress and inclusion, equality, all of this is work in progress. Okay, I'm going to stop there before I get distracted again. Listen, thank you for listening. I know that was an unusual episode. I hope it's made you think like all of these episodes are meant to. I'd love to hear from you about your thoughts. Um, do let me know and I will be with you again very soon. In the meantime, do take care. Stay well. Bye for now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.